The Luck Stops Here podcast with Scott Bowser is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. That's right, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code LSH for a 100% deposit bonus on your deposit up to $1,000. And uh, there's crypto rewards to be had if you use crypto. The market's down right now, so you might be able to get in on a power play with that. Uh, it's got the largest online casino. And let's face it, I need the money. Um, I, as I've been bitching about the last few weeks, I got, I'm a victim of, I'm a victim of a hit and run and it's coming out of my pocket. And if you guys sign up and I'll, Hey, you sign up DM me or whatever, I'll give you some guaranteed golf picks because, uh, I've been becoming quite the golf PGA tour handicapper lately. So everybody get on board at mybookie.ag, play some blackjack super bowls coming up. You want to bet the national anthem? You want to bet the coin toss? You want to bet the, uh, what color the Gatorade's going to be at the end of the game? My bookie's going to offer that kind of action. They're not going to. I live in Vegas. They don't offer that in casinos. That's this is stuff you can only get at oil rig offshore online sports books. Like the good people at my bookie. I don't. I think they're better than an oil rig, but who knows? But I think I do know. Know who do knows? I, <laughs> this is my intro. Oh man, I kind of butchered that, but. It's okay. Uh, we have a great guest this week. Uh, so stoked to have him. Uh, you've seen him on Conan. He's been on all kinds of shit. Uh, and recently was just on NFL Fox pregame Sunday, which I think is one of the coolest credits you can have. Uh, everybody, my old buddy, Matt Knudsen. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Scott. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, my friend. Oh, dude. I, I'm stoked, man, because you two are a golfer, and uh, we'll get into that stuff, but I want to tell you uh, about the just – I don't know, an hour, yeah, about an hour ago, exactly, the only in Vegas moment I had on my way home from work right now. Cause Let's hear it, buddy. I love only in <laughs> Vegas moments. So I I were, I knew we were recording around, we were going to you know start the Zoom around 6 o'clock here, Pacific Standard Time, and I figure, well, I'm just going to stop and get some like quick garbage fast food on the way home. And I'll inhale something real quick. That's what I usually do on recording nights. The rest of the week, I'm cooking gourmet five star dinners. Sure, <laughs> and 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 inhaling those. And inhaling those. Oh, oh, no, I snort. I snort those. Oh, okay, very good. Also, it's just you know most healthy people inhale their food. Yeah, anyway, not right. to derail your story, but go ahead. No, so uh, but I forgot. Um, I had a twenty five dollar gift card for a Shell station. And I was low on gas, so this is the perfect opportunity for me to use it. Problem is, I didn't really know where the shell was, a shell station was between my work and my home. And I have a certain few routes I go, various side streets, and even the freeway sometimes uh, on that commute. So I was thinking, I was like, all right, well, I know there's for a fact the shell station right on the corner by my pad because that's the one right. I walk to to go get beer and cigs in the middle of the night when I'm hammered and stuff. So I was like, sure, sure. I'll go there. And it's only a four pump operation, but I'm like, yeah, it'll be, it'll be all right. Which is also a great euphemism for most anything. <laughs> ah, it's a four pump operation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you go to the shell. I go to the shell, and two of the pumps are shut down. So it's only only the one bank. So there's like two banks, one two one on each side, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, so, but it looks like this lady's finishing up, and it looks, and this guy in this huge truck is just getting started. I'm like. He's going to be there a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, this lady's just getting finished up. All right, cool. Dude, she just goes and goes into her goes into the, the store. So I'm like, oh, she probably needed her receipt or forgot to get something, whatever. Sure, I'm, sure. I'm waiting behind her. And now a Range Rover gets involved and is waiting behind uh -huh. the guy in the truck. So uh -huh. I'm kind of I'm, I'm screwed. I, I've, I've picked my lane. I'm stuck with it. And that dude. And this lady goes in there, and it's been a while, and I'm, we're, I'm waiting, and my girlfriend's with me because she works right around the block from me, so we drive together every day. And I was like, you know, I, and she's like, you know what, hey, I need a uh, Diet Coke. I'm going to go in there and get one real quick. I was like, all right, cool. And then she comes back out, and she's like, you won't fucking believe it. That lady with her car parked in front of the gas is yeah. in the gas station playing fucking video poker. <laughs> and she's she's parked next to one of the pumps? Yeah, like in front uh, of the pump. And there's only wow. two in operation right now. Wow. And so the, uh, the the four pump operation became a one pump operation. And this is when I right when I find out this news, this exact moment is when the guy in the yeah. big truck starts pulling away. 
Yeah. And it looks like the at first I think the Range Rover is actually just in the air and water station over there. So I'm like, oh, sure. oh okay, okay. I think I can get there. No, they immediately back into it. They never actually do it. They were just saving the spot for their friend, right. which right. was really devious. Uh, the and nerve. so this lady, and I mean, she looked like meth mouth from planet fucking Mars. <laughs> but like, dude, she had that like, like that rotating lower jaw, just. Uh just gyrating around like a like like a shakira video (laughs) dude like and i'm watching this like i'm I'm sitting there like fuck and i'm thinking like all right how do i go in and politely say shit or get off the pot if you're gonna be in front of one of two gas pumps operating right now absolutely i got i got food getting cold places to be Sure. And you know what? I, I, I'm I'm sincerely disappointed when people don't live up to the standards of a civilized society. Right. It's just like you like th- this isn't even like this is my opinion. It's just like, no, no, this is everyone's opinion. This is you, you don't just leave it there and walk away. How would you feel if the roles were reversed? I don't think enough people ask themselves that question like if i had my car here and i went in and was playing video poker while you were trying to fill up how would you feel would you be excited about it yeah i don't know if you would be it's dude so she comes back out and i mean her mouth's going a mile a minute and she's talking to no one so it's like I mean, I could tell she's probably been up for like five days or some shit. Oh man, heartbreaking. And I mean, that's what I mean. There, there's a lot of local meth addicts that hang out at 24-hour gas stations playing video poker and slots. You'd sure. Be, you'd be surprised how often you see this particular type of person. Heartbreakingly enough, I wouldn't be as surprised <laughs> as you think. And I live in a pretty nice neighborhood too. I mean, not right. not a humble brag there, but it's like sure, it's, sure. it's still going on over here on the west side. Yeah, dude. Um. So she comes out, and guess what she does? Starts um, putting gas in the car. Wow. She had not put gas in yet, so now I got to sit there and wait for her to... Her. And, like, I, I don't know if she went in there to, like, hey, I'm going to go hit a jackpot real quick on video poker, and that'll be enough for my meth and my gas in the car. Like, right, right, right. I got a, I got a good tarot reading this morning. It said I'm going to come into some unexpected fortune. I mean, it's the end of the day. I can't wait. I was so pissed. And then finally she got through and then I was able to use my gift card. And uh, so, but that's the thing too is dude, normally I'd be like, ah, fuck this. I'll just go somewhere else. You know, there's a Chevron across the street, but this, I had a specific $25 shell card. Yeah. And my back was against the wall, dude. And then what are you going to do? Yeah. That's one of my favorite uh, family stories that my, that I have one time I was driving across the country with my dad and we were like basically going through like death Valley. And it's just, even at midnight, it's just balls hot, you know? (laughs) And uh, so we were running low on gas and the only, uh, the only station that was in the distance was a shell. But uh, as fate would have it, the uh, the S had burned out in the sign. And it was just this giant sign that said hell. hell. You're like, yeah, we are. We are driving through hell with my dad. It's 125 <laughs> at midnight. But uh, yeah, that's one of those Thanksgiving stories that you rattle off when you're, you know, around. I think every family has between eight and 12 of them. I believe Death Valley is the hottest place on average in the United States, right? And like, I can I can believe that, and so many meth heads. Yeah, I mean, what else? Just not we- pumping gas in a timely manner. Oh, society is in shambles. Have you ever seen Salt and Sea? Uh, the movie? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I've seen the movie a long time ago, and I have personally been to the Salt and Sea. Yeah, it's like Val Kilmer and like Vincent D'Onofrio and stuff, but it's it's oh yeah, but it's basically about meth heads out in the middle of the desert. I mean, yeah, <laughs> boy, there was also that. I mean, I'm sure you've seen Nomadland. I haven't seen and, that. One. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't watched that. I, I liked it okay, but it was so close to the bone. Because That's the one with Francis McDormand, right? Francis McDormand, and, and I believe she won the Oscar for that. If uh, if memory serves, I think so yeah, and so. 
in my mind, it's what people think, like, they have this grand vision of, like, you know what, I'm just gonna drive across the country, <laughs> I'm gonna hang up my career, and I'm gonna, you know, and it's really a romantic version of what life on the road is like, but it's really not that, it's nomad land, which is just people who are kind of end of the roaders, and a lot of uh, addiction, a lot of, like, I've got eight dollars and it's got to last till Saturday <laughs> that you know what that um, Pink Floyd has one of my favorite phrases quiet desperation there's a lot of that out there that's just like yeah, it's not that. all that romantic and you know it, I not re- to say America doesn't have its great places but there's a lot of that I watched like a 2020 or 60 minutes type thing show it wasn't one of those I don't think but it's like one of those like knockoff basic cable ones yeah but uh about some like hedge fund billionaire that spends like three months out of the year just riding the rails like a hobo. Yeah. And he's got yeah. like a whole like network, like like he considers it his family. These guys have yeah. no idea that he's this huge rich billionaire, but he wow. lives like like just a hobo on the like like a nineteen thirties cool. hobo on the rails just that's incredible eat a also, can that, of beans <laughs> yeah when when you have enough to do anything you want for the rest of your life what do you do and that's uh it's an interesting choice you know yeah you know what i would do i would one by one by every professional sports team in the country and like yeah. basically like regionalize them so make them like publicly owned by the cities since they're uh-huh. putting up the stadium money make it all like the green bay model and so right. get all private ownership out of sports. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's pretty corporate. Yeah, I know. It'd be hard it's to pretty, pretty damn corporate. Also something fun to say, just kind of backtracking a little bit. Uh, the next time you like reference any story or like a, a show that you watched, if you just say, so I was watching 2060 minutes and uh, as if that's, <laughs> the, you know, as if that's the name of the show and just, just plow through it and don't give people time to correct you at all. Yeah. I, uh, Anderson Cooper on 2060 minutes. That's a great point. I was watching Tucker Cooper. <laughs> Well, and you know what? He's really yeah, yeah. he gets a lot I'm watching of that Anderson but... Carlson guy, you know, and <laughs> and sure he's uh, he's at the helm of the, the the American democracy being driven into the ground. But did you see him host the New Year's in Times Square? <laughs> he was great. Even they really him and Andy they have such chemistry. Yeah, they just love each other so much. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I do have a cool local news story, though, for this week that I'm pretty sure. I love cool local news stories. And I've, you know, I've been to, like many people, I've been to Las Vegas many, many times. And uh, uh, I can say without fail, I've always enjoyed myself on many well, different levels. I think you're going to love this one, then, because Fox 5 Vegas says the Nevada, California high-speed rail could break ground as early as 2023. Hello, hello. What does that mean for residents of California, Nevada? Well, it looks like, I mean, obviously it's probably going to be like a six, seven year project. You don't just build a whole Uh, new brand new rail. Like, I mean, this is like a pretty major infrastructure project. Sure. I mean, I mean, kind of what I, my basic assumption, just reading a couple of headlines about this. And Scott, that's all you need. It's all we need in today's society. Is, right, your uh, basic assumption. Yep. Uh, but by the end of this decade, I think we could be flying back and forth in like an hour, hour and a half on a train. From- yeah. I, I could see that happening. You know, uh, I had always th- thought and like. That's the thing when you get when you get west, everything's really really spread out. Yep. But when you go to the east, like the the original part of America, uh, people just take trains, and it takes like an hour and a half to everything all the time. You could take a train from uh, Penn Station in New York to Washington D.C. in ninety minutes, and you know you yeah, it's like what forty five minutes to Philadelphia or something like that. On a train. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know this until unfortunately I booked a flight from uh, New York to to Washington, and I was like on the flight, and like I was like, oh, I should have taken a train. It was you know because just getting through airport security, yeah, yeah, took about half the time as it did to get on the train. It's funny you say that because. Last year, so 2021, I did two trips to L.A., okay? Uh One during April, which I drove, then one in September, which I flew. And I was thinking about it. I was like, man, the flight, because, like, my flight kept getting delayed. And then, like, it would be back on and get delayed again. 
And I was yeah. just like, you know, with airport security, this and that, and that I probably could have made the drive in about as much time. Like, no question. Close. And then when you get there, you have a car. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't need Cornell to come pick me up at that Burbank. <laughs> Cornesi, <laughs> come get me, dude. Yeah. I'm at Union Station. <laughs> come on, man. I'm a father. Get out of here, Scott. <laughs> no, so, no. He actually did come pick me up at the airport last time. Of course, because he's a stand-up guy. But uh, uh, no, like, but like, dude, with the high-speed rail, dude, I could be. You're telling me in like an hour and a half without all the bullshit, like hassle of security and everything. I mean, there's a little, I mean, I think there's like a basic checkpoint probably on these, but it's like, I've, I've taken the Amtrak a lot and there's like, dude, you just buy your ticket and walk right on. Like, Absolutely. I mean, back <laughs> in the day, I used to travel Europe on, you get a Eurail pass. It didn't even occur to me to take a, a flight from one country to the next. I basically went from, from London uh, clockwise all the way down to like Athens, Greece and back up south of France and the whole thing. And like, I was there for two, three months and I didn't take a single flight. It was trains all the way. And it was outstanding. Cause like, I've, I mean, I've several times have driven like the two hours plus from LA to San Diego back and forth in one night, just to go do like 20 minutes of stand up. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, like if you're telling me you can get like a, like a two, let's just say two hours is with the high speed rail. Cause it's usually about a four or five hour drive. From uh-huh. LA to Vegas, it's about an hour flight. So let's just right. find a happy medium there at two hours on the train, dude. I would be like, because especially if you can knock out a little on the way home. If I still lived in LA, or even dude living here now, like I'll hop that thing all the time, all the time. Like it hey, wouldn't even cross my mind. You guys, hey, I'll That's... I'll cut out of work early on a Friday afternoon. We'll go yeah. drinking somewhere Friday night, and I'll be home by right. Saturday morning or whatever. Like, yeah. It's a it's a brand new era of uh, of you know. Also, y- you arrive and they're like, yeah, now I'm gonna get like a, a rideshare, and uh, instead of renting a car or taking a taxi or you know, I'll when I know I'm gonna go meet friends for dinner, I know it's gonna cost me thirty one dollars, and I'm gonna go to Echo Park, and you know, it, it, it's it couldn't be easier to get around without your own ride. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. I, and you know what's even I was even thinking about is like have you seen the the maps people have made that are like online, where it's uh like what a potential high speed rail network would look like across the country. No, where it basically goes from like Miami, like okay, think about like two lines, mm-hmm. one from like San Diego to Seattle, one from like Miami up through like New England. Okay, right, right. and then you have like one that goes from like L.A. Uh, or like or even from San Diego, like L.A. that like goes down through arizona through like those southern states all the right. way to like florida you know down to right. connect to the florida line right. and then from vegas you would have one that basically goes through denver like through salt lake city kind of in denver on the way to chicago and then that meets up with the whole midwest infrastructure of it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you could even technically have one that kind of goes through the mountain states from there over to seattle you know like so you could kind of build this whole grid of high-speed rail across the country and that at that point, it would be fucking amazing because, like, uh, it'd be pretty nice. We talk about, like, I mean, the next evolution of like commerce or whatever. Like, not to get too like you know economic philo- philo- uh, economic philosophy junior college dropout on you. Hey, listen, that's the next segment of the podcast. <laughs> We're getting into the finances, the, 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 but like, dude, like now all of a sudden we're we're shipping stuff. Like, we're not having all these Amazon trucks like damage all the roads with them paying zero dollars in federal taxes like everybody right. can just fucking ship across this you know, like you know this high-speed rail system would it would it would really revolutionize the country it would i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more uh this is kind of a, a tangential fun fact but uh you know the 10 and the 15 those basically yeah. inner inner uh, Interstate highways, they are literally kind of one of the main arteries. They were the easiest way for the um, the 49ers, the gold rush people who first came to California. They were um, plotted by the people in horse and buggy as the easiest routes to get to the West. And so they eventually just paved them. And they're like, yeah, these are 
this is as good as it gets. The 10 and the 15, put some asphalt on it. And this is it. Well, uh, I actually have in my living room right now, a chest that was brought over by my mom's ancestors or my ancestors, but from my mom's side, uh, that was brought over in the 1830s in a, in a chest from Missouri to San Bernardino, where they were some of the first settlers in Southern or first white settlers or whatever in Southern California. Cool. Where, uh, yeah. And, uh, they were Mormon, which my, I, it didn't stick when the family, like, but there were some OG Mormons from, uh, and they, instead of stopping in Utah, they kept going all the way to San Bernardino. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is a, this is a good body of water, but we're looking for a bigger salt lake is fine. But what if we just kept going? That's the thing I think about all the time, not all the time, but, uh, people who headed West, in wagon trains and stuff they did about five to ten miles a day like 10 miles would be a good day for them so their crossings were like six to eight months and you've i mean you're a a a high desert guy yourself so you see like what the surroundings are as you're driving through these things going 80 in your car can you imagine just being in like a wagon and just like, well, that's it for today and, and then just you, stopping in the middle of it. And- or imagine getting over one of those mountains and you look and you're like, it's just miles of desert and in another mountain. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, Honestly, it's true. You're like, well, maybe well, I'll just g- kill myself. <laughs> no, Jebediah, don't do it. Don't do no, it. I can't do another mountain. Ezekiel, yeah. like, you would have to have it on pretty good authority that there's stuff on the other side if you just kept the, going. I'm just thinking of the optimistic guy that's like the guide who's done this trip a few times. Who's yeah. like, I tell you, boys, it's just three more mountains and then we'll be there. And everybody wanting to strangle him to death by the end of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, but when we get there, you should see the beach. Yeah. Oh, that's it, Jim. Have you ever seen you. palm trees, boys? <laughs> I don't think palm trees are native to California. I think they're plant, planted here, like planted there in the twenties or something. I agree. Yeah, but, I agree. I, I had read that too. They're just they're synonymous with like the California experience, but like yeah, they're not even from here. So. Yeah, yeah. Like a, they're a, like from Saudi Arabia. A pine or tree is far more native to California. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not as sexy, and it yeah. doesn't look as cool with your standing in front of it with your sunglasses. Yeah, dude. No, it's, but yeah, I I do think like uh, I'm I'm big on see. No, I don't think anybody thought that, that we were gonna get this deep into infrastructure on this, but I that was like, my only plan for the whole show. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait till I can zag him to infrastructure. But like, dude, we need to re we need to make a move away from fuel consumption just in general. Right, foreign oil and oil here. We don't need to be fracking Alaska. We don't need to be doing this shit. But what we should, I mean, and high-speed rail just alleviates so much. I, I think it kind of opens up, like, to quote JFK, the new frontier, you know? Right, right. Well, another thing that I'm, like, so flummoxed by is, like, well, Biden hasn't done anything in his first year. He's just like, yeah, he, he got all these, like, Republicans who hate Democrats and will never do anything for them to co-sign on this $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill that's going to do the, the rails and repair bridges and yeah. do, all, like, all these things. That's a pretty big deal. How are we, like... And yeah, and, glossing and, over that because they they wouldn't let him do a especially vaccination. That's mandate. why, like, I mean, you got to look at these things in a, overall because it's like in the, in the moment, Reagan looked pretty good to a lot of people, and then in hindsight, now you can be like, dude, the guy refused to acknowledge AIDS. Like, right, right, <laughs> pretty evil. like Tommy Lasorda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we love Tommy. Oh, Tommy, he was really yeah. But, but like, I agree. Uh, so it's like you got to let history judge it out. But it's like. Whoever really gets the ball rolling on high speed rail throughout the fucking country, and and because it's going to happen eventually, whoever right. is the person that really makes it happen, they're going to be loved by future generations forever. They're going to have like almost a Lincoln as quality because it's like, right. oh, that's the guy. Because I mean, look at w- the way Roosevelt's treated now for just basically getting the highways together, right. Right. You know? And it also put people to work, yeah, out of jobs. And that's another problem thing with this is like, dude. High-speed rail comes with a lot of high-paying jobs all over the board on this. Yeah, and people uh, want to, like, hack on unions, but 
unions make people's lives better. Yeah. You know, I've been in a union since I was a teenager and I appreciate the membership for many reasons. I've always had health insurance because I've been a union member and I've never had to negotiate my own salary because I've been a part of collective bargaining. Yeah. They're like, Hey, here's the minimum. This guy will show up for, he can go get more and all this other stuff seniority and it'll, it'll work itself out. But you know, I, I, that's a completely different podcast. Yeah. I would just say, I, the well, people I mean, who I'll are say like, this. I grew up, both my parents were union members. My dad worked for the County and my mom was a, a school teacher. Mm-hmm. And like my dad died when, when I was in high school. Oh, I'm and, sorry to hear that. Scott. But, but the thing is, is though my family was able to keep it together and live the same level of comfort because of the way my parents union stepped up to the plate for us in that situation. So it's like, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. The first uh, union I joined was uh, AFL CIO. I was in the seafarers international union. And even as like a 19 year old, I didn't really take advantage of it. Cause I was like, ah, whatever, but I had health insurance. I had a pension. I was, by the time I retired, I was a merchant Marine. By the time I hung it up after like, it's almost five, almost six years, five years. I was vested and I had health care the whole time. And it was, it wasn't anything that I had to like go to the boss and like, I want to see that doctor. It was just like, yeah, these, these guys took care of it. I'm with them. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's, and that's how it should be. I mean, that's how it should be. Uh, like also like the, the hotels here in Vegas, like even the jobs that are non-union get free food, get free lunch every day because of the deal with the culinary union. Yeah. SEIU. But it's, I, I drive by every day, the culinary unions like headquarters. Yeah. 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 Hey, I mean, you know, you, 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 you pay the dues and you have the people that are, you know, that are representing you and looking out for you. And, uh, you know, I, I, anytime someone's trying to union bash, like that was the thing I I was like with Delta airlines. I was like, Oh, you, you rascals. They were anti-union and like spending a lot of money to, prevent delta from organizing they're like you could pay union dues but you could also get a playstation you're like oh. and you you know you know who's got the best union on the planet no major league baseball's umpires <laughs> <laughs> i believe that those guys have insane job security especially once they get tenured and stuff yeah but yeah. but like uh dude so okay baseball season what let's just say let's say the spring training games start like mid February and if you're picked to work all the way through the World Series like maybe through the first week of November so you uh-huh. have the entire winter off you have like the winter off basically right? yeah yeah and these guys still get like three four weeks paid vacation during the season pretty nice yeah pretty nice for like a, and they're probably like uh, umping like uh, uh you know uh, college games and stuff I would think dude they I only have to do they only have to do home play every four days so you're on a four-man crew and everybody rotates yeah. it yeah. Uh, they make like, dude, like I think it starts like at two hundred forty thousand a year. Wow! And then like it, and, like the top guys that have been at it forever make like four ninety or something like that, five hundred. Wow. I mean, and do you think it's too late for me to get into umpiring? <laughs> yeah, right. I actually, I'm, I'm aware that I look like an umpire. If that helps at all, I, you, yeah, you know I what, have... dude? You no, know I would ca- like uh, hire you. I think you, you, you really got the like a uh, basketball ref or M- NFL ref kind of vibe. Like, thank you very much. Or a uh, Steve Kerr stand-in. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> like dude, when, yeah. When he's in the movie, I can be like his stand-in for like when they're lighting the set. But you can for sure, dude. You know who's. Uh, Bill Cosby, not not as good of a another person uh, in the '80s. Amazing credit to have, and now you're like, oh, that's too bad. You know who his his stand-in was for the Cosby Show was Samuel L. Jackson. It was one of his first jobs. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Did you happen to see the the Fab Four, uh, uh, Thirty for Thirty, ESPN? With like uh, the the about the the Michigan? Michigan? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I saw that one. Yeah. When they were like, the the coach told them, like, if you win the championship or if you win this game, Bill Cosby's going to have you on his show. Remember that part <laughs> yeah, of yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're all chanting, like, Cosby, like, Cosby. <laughs> like, guys, it turned out I made that up just to motivate <laughs> you. And it's not true. And it's not going to happen. But what are you going to do? 
So funny. I think about those. Uh, anytime I see one of the, the, the Fab Five, I just think about them chanting Cosby as college <laughs> players. Yeah, we're going to be on the Cosby show. I'm surprised. Uh, is there a video of that? I'm surprised no one's made a gif of that yet. Of them chanting Cosby? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. Wow. That seems like a gif right there. Right. But um, I understand uh, from what I read, uh, he's out of prison, which means he's innocent. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, that, so that's good. That's good. Yeah, uh, I yeah. hear this whole time. I thought he was guilty, but uh, yeah, yeah. No, I forget. Yeah, what happened with that? Like he's got released because some judge was like, "Oh no, <sighs> yeah." Like, hey, they didn't file the paperwork. Quite, they didn't quite dot the I's and lowercase J's correctly. They're gonna have to let him out. Sorry, that's just the way the legal system works. Yeah, what are you gonna do? It was, it was also so classic. It was like, meanwhile, like you know, dude, nor- there's dudes doing thirty years for a fucking twenty bag of weed. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, my favorite was like how Norm McDonald would go after him all the time. He was like, he was like this vaunted legend, but like, and Norm, he didn't care, you know. He, he still always had a, his comedy ready to go. And he said, people would say, uh, you know, the worst part of Cosby was the hypocrisy, you know, but I, I, I would say it's the, the raping. <laughs> <laughs> raping. Like, I don't think there was any woman who was, you know, giving a pill and right before she blacked out, thought, ah, oh, the hypocrisy. You're like, no. I that. always love the Eddie Murphy Raw where he's like, Bill Cosby calls me up. He's like, you can't say filth, bar and filth. And like all this stuff. And he's like, so then I call Richard Pryor up and he goes, hey, tell that motherfucker to suck my dick. Exactly. <laughs> projecting, projecting, projecting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was I was happy to hear he was innocent because here I thought one of my uh, childhood idols was a terrible person. Yeah, you know he was a jazz musician before comedy. Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was like a respected jazz musician and stuff, and then like you came, and it's weird because you look at his career, like he did that, and then uh, his first like big acting part was in the dramatic series I Spy. I spy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I remember. There's also that movie with him and uh Harvey Keitel and uh Raquel Welch called Mother Jugs and Speed. <laughs> where they play ambulance drivers. Never seen it. It's uh well, he plays mother, Raquel uh, Welch plays Jugs. Huh. And uh, typecast. Yeah, you know. And then uh Harvey Keitel plays Speed. And the reason why his nickname is like their nicknames, Mikel Welch, obviously, because of her enormous breasts. Yeah. Uh, I forget why they call Bill Cosby mother uh-huh. in that. But uh, he's like, I guess he's like the oldest like veteran guy there. But then uh, the reason why Harvey Keitel, because he's an ambulance driver, but they call him Speed because he's a cop who was fired from the forest for selling speed. <laughs> <laughs> what? Just because I sell drugs, I can't be a cop anymore? <laughs> oh, I'm being canceled. But it's one of those classic, yeah. like, 70s drama. I, I really feel like the 70s, 80s, and then the, the 90s, like, indie film, like, it boomed then and peak, kind of peaked then. Right. But, like, you used to get these really interesting, like, drama movies with really right. good actors and performances. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you don't see those now, but it's just kind of, like, it's it's done differently. Like, a lot. Right. Like, like you don't see those really good, like like it's everything now is either a super good low budget thing, or a, right. or a good hot, big budget thing. You don't get those good like mid 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 sized budget stuff. And you know, a movie like Rain Man, let's say, right? Like that's just because like there's the Vegas scenes and stuff and that, and like there's a little something more to that budget than you know it's a road trip movie kind of thing. Like yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, sincerely, like 10 minutes before we went on and started recording, I was downstairs saying to my wife, Ray, my main man, my main man, Ray, <laughs> Ray, my main man. It's just, you know, how like at any given time you have like 6,000 different things percolated <laughs> in your brain. And that's the nice thing about being married for so long. You can like say anything you want pretty much any time and there's some reference base there and you're i'm a man ray you know? <laughs> yeah i just got uh here's a little plug uh um i just got two new streaming services hoopla and canopy okay and they have some very good movies i watched falling down on hoopla 
And then I watched one of my all-time favorite comedies, One Crazy Summer, last night oh, on on classic. Saturday. So oh, yeah. funny, so funny. Um, holds up really well. But One Crazy Summer is one of my favorite movies. It, period. Dude, Savage Steve Holland had. I, I, why did he stop writing and directing films? Because he just only wrote and directed that and Better Off Dead. And then he directed, didn't write uh, How I Got Into College, which is also very funny. Mm-hmm. But it's like he had such a unique like sensibility for comedy. And like, yeah, yeah. So here, here's a story for your for your listeners. You know, after Savage made these iconic movies of my childhood, oh, yeah. he he went on to direct a lot of um, kids shows. He did, you know, like a yeah. He does like TV. Car- he mostly does TV now, right? Yeah. He mostly does TV. So uh, I actually happened to be a series regular on this kids show, and um, I, I I saw that Savage was going to be like our upcoming director and uh, I saw his name in the call sheet and I was like oh my oh my god because for me like when yeah. I was growing up my friends and I would quote one crazy summer like Lane Myers this was yeah I mean just you can go through the gambit of see what I love about those movies is like they spoofed the like traditional tropes of those 80s like formula but they didn't do it in like a not another teen movie mel brooks type of spoof way he right. spoofed it like within itself like watching one crazy summer last night i was just cracking up the beginning how yeah. the high school he went to is called generic high school in generic yeah. new york like, perfect so perfect <laughs> so so the first day i'm working with savage i you know I was still doing the work and you know was still trying to be very professional but like in between takes i was just like savage I gotta tell you, one you know, one crazy summer, and my one of my it really still to this day is top ten, one of my favorite movies of all time, Better Off Dead. Yeah, and I was just like, I was like, Better Off Dead is one of my favorite movies ever, and I can't believe that we get a chance. You know, I was trying to be cool, but also trying to be like, you don't understand, Savage. This is so. He's like, he's like, really, you like the movie? I was just like, Savage. Yeah, dude. Um, I. So he's $2. Like, oh, so, $2. I want my $2. So he, he's like, he's like, that's so nice of you to say. Um, you know what? I'm going to bring you something tomorrow. And I was like, that is so cool. So like the whole day, like, you know, from the, cause we're the, he's, I think the schedule was like, you work seven or eight days or something like that. And so it was the first day he's like, so he was day two of eight and he's just like, I'm going to bring you something tomorrow. The whole day uh, until uh, the next morning, I couldn't stop thinking about it. She's like, well, maybe he's going to bring me like, maybe like a, a, a script from the movie, or maybe he's going to bring me like a, like a DVD and he's going to like autograph yeah, the yeah. DVD and it would be they, whatever he brings me. It's going to be so cool. So uh, we, we are on zoom. So I'll pick you up. I'll, I'll pick you up and I'll, I'll show you this. You can't see this if you're just listening to this, but um so the next morning, uh, Savage, uh, you know how like the, the, the beginning, like the, the opening credits sequence of Better Off Dead is like how John Cusack was, a, was an illustrator. And he no, that, that was one animation. crazy summer. Oh, what? Oh. Yeah, one crazy summer is where he's doing the drawing of the cute and fuzzy. No, bunny. no, no. Where there's, you're right. I, I, I take that back. But there was that uh, that illustration where he um, there's that like monster that picks up the the girl and takes her through the uh, the entertainment side. Yeah, because Savage is a cartoonist, right? Like, so he did he all is that. A car- he is a cartoonist too. So the next that whole opening sequence to uh, to Better Off Dead uh-huh. was an animated thing. I know what Sav- you're talking about. Yeah, that yeah. Savage did himself. So the next morning. He brought me one of the uh, oh, that is so animated cool. frames from uh, the the production cells from the opening credits of the movie. Dude, and that he, is uh, so cool! It was incredible. So it's framed. It's in my office, uh, and he wrote me like a nice message, and it says, uh, "To my only friend Matt Knutson, you make me feel better, <laughs> better than." Better off dead. Thank you for being so cool and nice. Lots of love, Savage Steve Holland. And it's cell 159, titles of Better Off Dead. Amazing. And 
it's just, you know, when I first moved to LA, I didn't, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any legacy of someone like, yeah, you should meet my son. He wants to get into this too. I was a PA. I was emptying trash cans and grabbing people's lunches. And if there was like a, like at some point, the director of this movie that was one of the most influential things in your childhood is going to give you this. And it's going to, you know, I just, That's I can't get it. Yeah. I can't get over it. I can't get over it. So um, savage. I, if you're listening to this, man, I love you. You're great. And if you're, if you're not savage and you're listening to this, watch better off dead. It's hands and down. One crazy John, and one crazy summer too. It's a John Cusack's best movie. Did you ever see the third one he directed, uh, How I Got Into College? I did. I that, did. That, Phil Hartman is so funny in that. He's, he's I mean, the he's best. so funny in everything he ever did, but he really, like, his scenes, he steals them every, like, every yeah. moment. Like, it's oh, yeah. so funny. Yeah. And he's one of those kind of, like, the character actors who would show up in anything and just like... Oh, you're Captain Carl from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, okay, yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, and now you're like the guy in, uh, you know, hey, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Saturday Night Live, and I like it. Lawrence Fishburne with Cowboy Curtis. I mean, you have a, uh, you really yeah. have. Uh, what's her name? Uh, the lady Lynn that Stewart. plays the lady that plays uh, Charlie's mom on Always Sunny was Missy Vaughn. Lynn Stewart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Lynn Stewart. She's another one that I'm I'm proud to call a pal of mine, and uh, I wrote and directed like this pilot sizzle reel thing I for this show that I wanted to sell and I I had kind of met her through the improv community but I I can't say that I knew her that well but I was just like um would you come do this thing and be in this thing and you know so like like when you write something and then you see someone that's so talented say the words that you wrote and bring them to life and add this next stuff that you hadn't even thought of yourself and just like you completely made what I was doing so much better and so much funnier and so much more lifelike just because of who you are it was Oh, that's great. It was it was great. It's still out there. I haven't sold it yet, but it's has Lynn Stewart, has uh, Edie Patterson from the Righteous Gemstones. Oh shit! Uh, Kyle Kinane, you know, one I, of my favorites. I reached out to yeah. He, I think Kinane's the voice of my generation. Oh, he's he's so just funny. A, he's the best that we have. But I really like. Remember I him only, too? Like, remember, I mean, this is like 15 years ago or so. But like, I remember seeing him at like open mics, being like. This guy's so much funnier than anybody I'm seeing right now, and he wasn't anybody. getting a lot of run. He yeah. for a while there, and it was it was really weird how like and all of a sudden when it blew up for him, it blew up. But it was like it was one of those things where like all the comics we all knew how funny he was. It was like, dude, like yeah, the best we have. Yeah, yeah he really is the best we have. And um, uh, this this might embarrass him if he if he heard this, but this is the kind of guy he is. Uh, there's a club in in Madison, Wisconsin called Comedy on State. And it's a great club and, you know, a, a lot of great comics come through there. He was headlining and I wanted to get in over there. I was like, hey, can you just kind of take me out as a feature? And he's just like, yeah, let me, let me make an email. And, you know, two hours later, he's like, all right, we're, we're doing it. So I went out there and I featured for him. Great shows. And I mean, all of them sold out. They're full of Canadian fans and they were very nice to me, too. And then, like, uh, at the end of the um at the end of the the week, out of his own pocket, he gave me an extra thousand dollars. Oh, that's amazing! Just because he's a class act, that's and he's like, well, if you want to know what kind of guy Canaan is, that's the kind of guy he is. It's you can do whatever you want anytime. It's he's he's the millionaire who's riding the rails and eating with the hobos. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He really, totally. really is. He really is and that you, guy. If you if you lined up ten guys, you're like, which one's the successful comedian? And you like you saw that guy, you're like, we well, probably he like works at a John Deere factory, or you know <laughs> that. But that's part of his charm too. Uh, he's, oh, he's by the way, by the way, uh, <laughs> Hoopla and Canopy, those are the free site ser- streaming services I told you about, sure, only available with your library card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So make sure everybody, I want to because Kyle Canadian is one of the more uh, articulate like he the way he articulates his prose is one of the most interesting things in comedy and he'd only do that by reading a lot of books so everybody i couldn't agree free more. movies and books 
with your library card. See, yes, and uh, let me pile on to that and say uh, get get Libby too with your library card. You can just get free audiobooks. You can download yeah. free books, magazines. As long as you have a completely free library card, you have access to you know yeah, to I the best. I don't think people realize how digital they've gone now. Yeah, they really have. And uh, it's uh, for me, I listen to a lot. I mean, it's been different since the pandemic, but I would always have an audiobook turning in my car because you drive around all the time and, you know, you just you spend so much time in your car and you're like, am I going to listen to music for two hours? Like, well, maybe. But what if I also like use part of that time to listen to the grapes of wrath? That would be, you know, so they have to get some Steinbeck going. I get some Steinbeck going. So I've listened to so many books on Libby through, you know, the, through the free audiobook. I think one of the last ones I listened to was the, uh, the beastie boys book. That was actually narrated by them, but then they also had like their famous friends come in and read a chapter. Like it was, it was great, and it was completely free. I haven't listened to as much lately because I haven't been in the car. But Overload and what was the other one? It was a Canopy and Hoopla. Canopy, thank you. Hoopla, I believe, took over for Overload. It used to be okay. like Overload, and then Hoopla took over, and then Libby, and it's free. The only caveat is, in the same way that they only have like a certain number of books, they have a certain number of licenses. Yeah. So they're like, and, and we have get, six. You're only allowed to do like, ten, like on Canopy. I think was, you're only allowed to watch ten movies a month on there. Uh, but it's like, I mean, it's like, dude, a couple a week. I mean, that's. I don't, I don't not too shabby. Time. I don't have that yeah. much time to watch. Exactly. Listen, I'm unemployable, but not that unemployable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, and oh, I was just gonna say, um, if you get a book uh, and you're, you can be like on reserve, and then uh, once it, uh, the license is available, it'll download it to your your phone or your iPad or whatever automatically. And you can keep it for 21 days and then you don't even have to return it. It'll return it automatically after three weeks. So no late fees, no nothing. It's just easy breezy. Lemon squeezy. See, that's perfect. And you know what? Just uh, I got uh, a fun little segment coming up for us right now because I uh, speaking of magazines and books. Uh, I like uh, you're I'm a golfer. You like playing golf, too. Um, I do. I'm working on improving my game every single day. Dude, I joined a, a, a like a public course, like club, like package out here. Really cool. costing 50 bucks a month. Wow. I get preferred member rates at all the courses, like two rounds a week or whatever. And I don't have enough time to do that. So it's per- but I get unlimited range balls at all three places. And that's where I, I've been. Nice. I've been really putting a lot of work in on the range. And I hope it starts really paying off. Uh, but I'm feeling really confident with all my clubs right now. But that's so great. I, I was just I've had this in my back pocket for a few weeks now because I read this thing on Golf.com, Golf Magazine, about five golf betting games guaranteed to liven up your rounds according to a pro gambler. I can't wait to hear these. Yeah, and so I thought this would be fun because, and I want to give you a little backstory here because it's here's from I'm going to quote the article here from Golf.com. Uh, to get a sense for the kind of on-course wagers Eric Lindgren has been known to make, take a gander at this clip. There's a link to a clip where it chronicles the day in 2007 when Lindgren, a 12 handicapper at the time, cashed in on a $350,000 bet that called for, wow. the, for called from the walk four consecutive rounds in the searing heat of a Las Vegas summer, shooting under 100 for all 18. Wow. Wow. And so he did that in one four three fifty? One day, yeah, for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's amazing. And like I was thinking about that because like I mean I've I've gone to the driving range here, just just a bucket of balls when it's that hot. Yeah. Takes it out of you. I could not oh, imagine yeah. playing seventy two holes yeah. on like a hundred and twelve degree day. Did he have to um did he have to put up money to win this bet or what was I'm, what was I'm the odds I'm guessing, yeah, he had to like he got odds on it, right? He probably put up like a right. hundred thousand or seventy. I'm guessing five to one. I bet you he put up seventy five to win the three fifty. Right. That that right. would be my guess. Incredible, incredible. Okay, now he's forty five years old, father of two, yeah. and he has less appetite for a risk, but he still likes to play poker and gamble on the golf course. 
So here's yeah. five money games that he uh, that this guy who's kind of my hero now because anybody who can play seventy two holes will win three hundred fifty thousand dollars on one day. <laughs> right, <laughs> I can't even play seven point two holes yeah. in that heat. I'm done. Yeah, dude. I, I, yeah, seriously, nine holes on one of those days would be brutal. I, I honestly, I, I enjoy golfing, but there's some days where you're like on twelve or thirteen, and, and you're like, "Am I still golfing?" Well, this, this, this is i'm done with this you know also one of my favorite parts of the game when you're playing 18 is riding around in the little car yeah. i like that you know i was just watching falling down and the scene where michael douglas shoots the blow uses the shotgun to blow out the dude's golf cart's back tire and it gives him the heart attack <laughs> but his heart attack meds are in the golf cart and it just goes into the water hazard he's like if you weren't such an asshole you would have your meds uh, right. <laughs> yeah exactly oh, exactly so, so good okay first game is umbrella uh in this two-on-two partners game six potential points are available on each hole two for the low score two for the low total one for closer to the pin in regulation and one for birdie one side gets all six points. That's called an umbrella. The win total doubles to 12, mushrooming in size like an umbrella opening. Ah, interesting. So there's like that you're playing for a few different things there. If you sweep it all the way, it blows up. I don't know how many units you play on this. Or like, I mean, I guess each point you would do like 10 bucks a point or something like that. I don't know. If you're, uh-huh, split, uh-huh. you're splitting it, you know, two on two. That seems about <clears throat> right. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, so next one's wolf. Umbrella. Yeah, it's umbrella. Wolf. Wolf. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Wolf? I have. I've played with guys who are like, all right, who's the wolf? And he's just like, I just tell me what's the thing. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I hit it on the left side of the fairway. I hit it as far as I could. But um I have heard of it, but I would love the definitive explanation from you. All right. So according to golf.com, there are several variations of this feral game. Oh, come on, guys. Like come on. Come on. We're trying to be- I think they started fair. They started feral game and then wrote the article around yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Flush it out, Tony. You're on fire. <laughs> These are hits. Keep coming, boss. Uh, <laughs> okay, feral, which requires at least three players, but in mm. every format, the tee off order rotates from one hole to the next. After hitting first, player A has the option to go solo against the group, or after watching each subsequent player hit, select the partner. If they're feeling bold, player A also has the option to declare themselves the lone wolf before anyone hits. Well, stake, I don't know if I've heard the lone wolf. I have always heard that you like have to like choose someone. So that's interesting. Okay, yeah. The stakes then triple on that hole. So basically, you're playing, but the bet triples if you declare yourself a, a lone wolf and you're willing to play against the rest of the group. Huh. Interesting. So that seems like fun. Okay, three. This is the one I thought sounded the coolest. Hammer. Okay. Hammer. Have you heard of Hammer? I have not. All right. I haven't heard of any of these games. Like I've always heard of just like best ball and like, you know, bet like random uh um whatchamacallit? You do the uh like first nine front nine, back nine, and then uh-huh. split it six three holes, then each hole. I mean I've always skins. Heard, yeah, skins. All that all yeah, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. 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 But Hammer seems like a lot of fun, dude. Next time I play like with Decker, I think I'm gonna I wanna play this with him. All right. There are a lot of ways to beat you beat yourself in golf. In Hammer, you also get the chance to bludgeon your opponent. You can play it with, play it with two golfers, one on one, or as a two person team game. I like that. I like anything with versatility. Uh-huh. As with many golf gambling games, rules and formats vary. But the gist is this each hole is played for a designated sum. But at any point, you can hammer your opponent. And especially a good time to do this after your ho- opponent has hit one in the weeds. If your opponent declines the hammer, they forfeit the hole. If they accept, the stakes double. So ah. let's, let's say you just hit a lousy shot. Your opponent has right. the option of hammering you back. On right. it goes until the hole is completed. Stakes can get high. Things can get ugly, as they often do when people fight with hammers. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got a hammer in his golf bag. Yeah. yourself at your friend to death yeah. with it while you're playing yeah, yeah. Claw side first. Yeah. Uh. No, but that sounds like a lot of fun. So it's like that that's the one where you, you start playing like a dollar a hole because that can get up to like fifty bucks real yeah, quick. Yeah. And, and you also have a chance to uh, you know, bet on yourself and yeah, you know. That, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's, and, and, and I mean and there's always like the, the, the coward clause of it too, of like 
I will not accept that hammer. Right. Take it down. <laughs> right. I am a coward, yeah. sir. I digress. I will refuse to double this. I will <laughs> just give you the money for this whole. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, if the difference between the bet is like a dollar or two dollars <laughs> like well you know not to not to brag but wh- why not go for it like what's the yeah yeah uh, unless you're like michael jordan you're like i don't know if i can spend a thousand dollars on this hole just <laughs> low stakes go for it because it also reminds you of like you know like oh there's, there's a putt oh it's a three dollar putt yeah <gasps> you know it, <laughs> yeah yeah it's fun to win, but it's not the end of the world if it doesn't break your way. Yeah, it's 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 all just to have a little side thing going on while you're playing. Like makes it agreed, more, makes it more fun. All right, number four is Daytona. Mm. In this and Daytona 500 is coming up for, uh, and you can bet on that over at mybookie.ag. Promo code <laughs> LSH. Nah. For- I'm more of an oil rig guy myself. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I was listening to your promo at the beginning of the minute the the show, and I was like, "What is the oil rig thing? Like it's <laughs> some kind of like Cayman Islands oil rig? Yeah, it's yeah. just like, yeah, we have two monkeys fight. Yeah, the we winner have, fixes, yeah. yeah, we, yeah we're in international waters on this rig. We can do anything we want out here. <laughs> so, uh, you want to watch a monkey night fight? We got a monkey night fight. We got that for you. I know a guy. Uh, we're... So uh, Daytona. All right. In this two-on-two game, team scores are registered as a double-digit number. So let's say you make a forward, your par- partner makes a five. That counts uh, as a 45. If your two uh, opponents make a five and a six, their score is 56. The differential between 45 and 56 is 11, so 11 is the number of points you win. Where things get interesting is if you make a birdie. In that case, your opponent's score inverts with the higher digit going first, turning a 56 into a 65. The differential between your two scores, 45 and 65, is now 20, a significantly bigger win. Interesting. Well, I don't know why. uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like if you get a birdie, your number is the second one. Yeah. Or the first one. That that, that seems like no, it's if, kind of punitive. So no, no. If you get a birdie, if you get a birdie, then my score gets flipped. Oh, oh, oh. So let's say oh, if you're okay, on a team, okay. let's say you're on a team and you guys went four and six. So you're at 46. Uh-huh, my team uh-huh. went five, five. So we're at 55. It would first just to 55. No, we went five, right, six, right. but if we went five, six, it would go to 65. If we went, oh, cool. But if we went five, four, I uh-huh. believe it would just, yeah, because it would also be four, because the lower one always goes first, so then it would right. translate back to 54. And then it becomes a running point total, and you, like, settle up at yeah, the yeah, end of the yeah. round? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm huh. guessing. Those sound like pretty fun games. Yeah, and then uh, number five isn't really a game, but I think this is a good etiquette uh, rule to throw out there for it, is hole-by-hole opt-out. Okay, it is often said that matches are decided on the first tee before the opening shots are struck. We've all been part of such lopsided affairs when it quickly becomes clear that one side simply doesn't stand a chance. In poker, that's what's known as drawing dead. No one wants to draw dead on the course. As a precaution, when playing matches against people outside his usual group, Lindgren sometimes proposes an opt-out clause. At any time during the round, after the completion of a hole, the white flag can be waved, ending the match. So you uh, stop gambling at any point during the... Right. You I think that's a, playing each hole. A gentleman's bet, and you're like, hey, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. You know, even the best players have those off days. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And uh, could I add a, a, a six to that game? Oh, sure. it's It's the one that me and my pals play, uh, play all the time. It was, uh, I don't think he invented it, but he taught all of us. It's this guy named Matt Malloy, who's an amazing character actor. If you saw his face, you're like, oh, that guy who's actually literally in a movie called that guy from that thing where it's just like hey, was that, that that guy who's he oh i've seen him in this and this and this and this and this and this but he's part of one of like this golf golf clutch uh, pals that we have and, and we play a game called soichi and it's not like a running score thing it's not a like uh, uh cumulative it's settled up every single hole so there's basically two major bets like if you have a putt 
that's outside the flag stick. Like if you were to take the flag out and lay it down and the putt is farther than the, flag. the length of the flag stick, you can call a suichi. And if you make that putt, everyone gives you a dollar. If you two putt, your your honor is restored. You no blood. If you three putt, you yeah. give everyone Everybody. a dollar. Oh, I like yeah. this game. Yeah. So it's like it could be like your eighth shot of the round, but you can still like call a suichi and hit this it and is. hit this putt. So the, there's a suichi, which is that. There's a Murphy, which is like if you chip off, if you're off the green and you chip up uh, and you chip and you putt in in one, everyone pays you a dollar. If you chip up and you miss your putt, you pay everyone a dollar. So it's every hole there's there's stakes. It reminds me of a bowling game where like one of those bowling games where it's like uh, if you're in a bowling league, it's like every time someone uh, like misses a spare or whatever you yeah. throw a dollar in the in the bucket and yeah. then when someone the first then when anytime someone gets the three uh what's call it like the, the three strikes in a row uh they the take turkey down, yeah they take yeah when you get the turkey you take down the yeah. bucket so yeah so i, see, uh, I like the, that because you can play the, these these games that you got those could just be incorporated into other gambling games like you could just right have, and you do your regular round, yeah. but the way that we uh, the way that we settle it up is every player at any given time has a a, a bunch of Sacagawea dollar coins. So anytime you like, and we're just passing the coins back and forth. Just, like, yeah. Oh, I missed it. So you like give the coin to the person, or they have to give it to you. So there's there's an element of pageantry in the victory or the loss. I like you know? this so a lot. Yeah, 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 it's it it keeps it interesting, especially if uh, the players are uh, a mixed level, because you could still be on the green and be having a suichi or you know th- that level of putt, even if. You know, if you're playing with a scratch golfer, you guys could still be making the same bet. Yeah, it's yeah. Not like that's the there's no white golf. flag. That is the beauty of golf, though. Is you can kind of put everybody on an equal level through handicaps and weird little games. I actually got one of those little putting mats for my living room with the little, and dude, it's really helped. Like, I have to now. I put like socks under it to create little ripples and, and stuff to like uh-huh. get, get a little in, increase the difficulty on it because yeah, anything on there right now I can just make straight up on a flat. I mean that's nothing. That's great. Well, I can't wait to come out to Las Vegas and play a round or two with you. Yeah, dude, maybe not sure. four. Maybe not four rounds. Maybe not four rounds day. in the hundred <laughs> and the hundred plus degree heat. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, no, just uh, dude, because I can get uh up to two, like, because my golf club usually does like forty eight. The the three clubs usually does a forty eight hour notice on tee times, but I get up to two uh-huh. weeks notice. Incredible, because I'm a member. Um, but dude, Matt, thank you so much for joining the show this week. It was a blast, man. Scott, I had a great time, and also at the very least, it was good to see your face. It's been too long. You know, that's a big reason why I started this and love doing this. Is I, it's a great way to just catch up on old friends that I haven't talked to in a while and. Uh, I mean, Matt and I had a funny story where we did a show one time, a stand-up show where it was, they double booked the room. You remember this? Where, of course. And, uh, of course. and it was a speed dating on one half and a stand-up show on the other. And it was right. one of the funniest disasters. I, Cause you do comedy for years and it's right. rare. Something that like big of a fuck up happens where, and that we were all just, we were all laughed it off. I mean, it was just right. It's, right. Right. Well, it actually be, it, it became a bit on uh, on one of my one of my albums talking about that show and that night because it was just like because the whole night was just a, a combination of like so where are you from uh, so my uncle molested me <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm originally from Michigan it was I remember uh, completely abandoning any any precept yeah. of what I wanted to talk about. It's just like as long as I continue talking, I win. I they weren't when, even trying to be a good crowd. Friend of the show, Paul Dinky, was on that show too. And I remember during his set, the bell oh, yeah. the bell rang for when they had to move people to oh. the next day, and he just looked at all the people and like put his like his his V shaped fingers up to his mouth, like, yeah, like he was going uh, down. And he just went dinner bell. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> It was one of the funniest fucking things ever. Yeah. So I just well, want, I, think... I, I just remembered that right now. Like I had to I had to oh, throw dude. that in there at the end. 
Well, I think the last part of that bit was something to the effect of like, you know, Grandpa, tell me how you met Grandma again. Well, we we knew it was true love when we both agreed that jokes about homeless people are hacky. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's, and they are. They are. They are. Yeah. Should punch up. It's funnier to make fun of the rich guy. Let's not punch down. Yeah, <laughs> make fun of the rich guy who's living like a poor guy. Yeah, as a hobo on the rails. Yeah, that's that's way more. Except if, unless it's Kyle Kinane, we've established right. he's cool. <laughs> Agreed. All right, Matt. Where can but, yeah, people find you, you on me, Scott? I'm a super duper fan. Dude, yeah, man. Uh, where can people find you on social media and whatnot? You know what? Uh, you can find any of that stuff. Just search my name, uh, Twitter, Instagram, my website, M-A-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N, Matt Knudsen. And I'm actually, if you guys are feeling generous, if any of you Vegas high rollers hit it big, March 20th of this year, I'm running my 10th consecutive LA Marathon, and I'm doing it as a benefit for St. Jude Children's Hospital. And I'm trying to raise $10,000 because I am retiring after this. So, this will be your final marathon. This will be my final marathon. So, I am uh, hoping to raise some money for the kids. And at the very least, if I don't hit the 10K, I know. I'm going to get close and I, I hopefully we can make well, that. A, I will a do a donation from the show and I will encourage my Thank other you, friends with shows in the, through the sports gambling podcast network and community. That would be amazing. Thank try and you. get all these guys to throw in there too. And we'll, we'll try and bump it up and share it around there and, and help, help, help you get your goal on this. dude. I think Thank that's a really you. cool thing you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I always try and take like the long view of like, you know, you think you have these problems and then like, and then you see like a, a kid who's sick and then his family and the dad. And it's like, believe it or not, having a sick kid is not a job that pays a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> taking your job, you know, taking your time off from being a construction worker is to live with your kid in the well, hospital. It's like it's, this hit and run thing I went through. As pissed off as I am, it's just cosmetic damage where right. it's something I can afford. I make enough right. money to afford it. It's not going to break right. me. You know, uh, a lot of people can't afford a $400 emergency. This is a lot more than 400 bucks, but a lot of people can't afford an emergency like that. So that's right. And I didn't get hurt physically. At at the end of the day, I'm lucky. I'll be fine. You know, the the person that hit and ran on me will rot in hell. It's no big deal. Oh, sure. Well, they're probably there now. If there is a God. If there is a God. If there is a God. (laughs) But yeah, Matt, thank you so much for joining the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you follow the show on social media at Pod, and head on over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review and leave a little comment. That helps a lot. You guys have no idea. We're in close to 100 episodes, and I want to get to 100 five-star reviews. I think we can get there. We're, we're over halfway. We can get there with your help, everybody. So thank you so much. God bless you, and keep gambling.